I think George, you're getting a, a message from Eric. <laughs> can you hear me? Yes. yes. I can, can you hear us? He can't I hear can't us. hear you. All right. It's something to do with the access. We're both on access. All I don't right. know what it is. Jared, uh, I don't know. You're Jared does change him. something, I but I don't know what he does. All right. Get the fuck out of here. <clears throat> hey, <laughs> go grab a cup of coffee. <laughs> Let's go. Great. Welcome, one and all, to the Von Hessler Doctrine special edition of the pre-show 60 with Mr. Lovable and Huggable himself, Eric Von Hessler. Doctrinaire Greg Russ is joining us. Autumn Fisher might pop in here for a second. We're not sure. We could get a surprise. George Clark and uh, me, I'm your host, Devin Pappas. Glad you could join I'm us. Guessing, I'm guessing that... Uh... Autumn Fisher will not be joining us because we just tried for about eight minutes to make that happen. And you know, at a certain point, I mean, Stefan, I know that you are the nominal host mm -hmm. of these uh, pre-show segments and, and this being a special uh, skank fest, special edition, uh, yes. number two of, uh, of, of the pre-show, but uh, number uh, two. At, every once in a while, the, uh, the, the host of the Yvonne Hessler Doctrine has to step in and say, that's just enough. She has to go. She mm -hmm. didn't bring her technological A game. Oh and just God. because we are recording these on the weekends, I don't want people thinking, oh, we can get all loosey-goosey. No, you don't bring your technological A game to the uh, Skank Fest Special Edition <laughs> Podcast 60. Guess what? You're not on the Skank Fest. If, 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 only, if, only she were here to, if only she were here to hear those admonitions, that would have been great. Mm -hmm. But then again, she's she's not. But I was teasing that she might join us, you know, maybe catch a couple more streamers, you know. That, hey, hey, Autumn's going to be here, but uh, okay. A uh, little eye candy. Is that what you yeah, want? Yeah, yeah, a little yeah. eye candy. I George will, is the eye candy, all right? <laughs> but I will say the few instances I've done the podcast that I do with autumn one topic alone, she's not there. It really doesn't get nearly as many listeners. It blows my mind because I will say, I think it's probably better when I do it myself, but for whatever mm -hmm. reason, she's still a draw. <laughs> autumn is still a pull. Oh, no, hold on. Is that right? Yeah. I, I, uh, I sense trouble on the set There's of the topic. It, it seems to me like maybe back then, you know, they present this unified front to the world. It's like, you know, Donnie and Marie 2023. But uh, I sense in those comments that maybe behind the scenes, you know, a little bit of friction going on. Did you hear what the man just said? He There's, said he believes there. that he, first of all, he hates the audience. He thinks they don't, they don't really understand what a good podcast is. That's what he's alone. Uh, but uh, it's all about autumn, apparently. You know what? Why don't you change the name of the podcast to from one topic to one all host. about autumn? Oh, or one topic, one voice. <laughs> it, it's one voice. It's difficult to do a show alone, and I settled into a groove where it is quite stream of consciousness. But I think it's cohesive enough, and I do thirty minutes. I don't do a full hour, and I'm usually pretty proud of it after the fact. And you know how hard I am on myself. I usually think everything I do sucks. So to feel that way, it's like yeah, I'm feeling good about that. Then you go look at the numbers. You're like, what the hell? Why is yeah, it upsets you, doesn't it? But it well, does. you know, maybe it's maybe it's that people don't come for the monologue. Now, what what about when she does a show by herself? Do the numbers maintain, 
or is it really, it might be about, Hey, I tune into this and I expect a little back and forth, you know, a little bit of that whole Fleetwood Mac weird thing. They've known each other a long time. They had sex for a couple of years. That's over. You know, there's a certain kind of tension that only that backstory can bring. And it might be. That's, that's what people are looking for when they tune in. That's a fair question. I will say that the few instances that she has done it alone, I I didn't dare look. I could because if oh, those numbers afraid. yes, if those numbers were the same or better, I wouldn't be able to handle it. So I didn't even look and I never even listened to an episode that she did alone because I can only imagine. I can only imagine. George Clark, uh, after Skankfest, I want you to uh, dig into those numbers and we okay. will uh, we will present them on a, on a future show. And we'll also we'll know the numbers before we, we reveal them to Greg. So if they're too bad, we will work out, you know, some sort of teledoc. I'll get, that, I'll, get the, of, I'll get to the bottom of the autumn factor. Yes, absolutely. We want to know exactly how much Greg is bringing to the one topic audience and autumn uh and or is it uh is it uh, is it both of them that are needed is my is it my vision or is it my camera all kind of gooey it's your vision it's uh it's my vision you, camera right? masking, it's when you put masking tape across the the lens when you're looking at porn so that they don't act yeah. the lens way. Uh, well I, I put i put masking tape over the lens uh at all times because i as i get older i'm getting paranoid it's just sitting in my office it's like yeah. i just oh. yeah, i about like i'm getting too old and have like like daredevil things in my mind i'm just thinking like hey somebody could be watching me you watched uh, this screen over here it's like i don't know i feel weird you just know that the technology does exist we know this the technology mm. does exist that people can turn your camera on without the light coming on and i know that it's like probably one in 95 who knows how many people they do it to but it's just the knowledge that the technology exists. It's like, uh, I don't have a pro It's weird. Like, I don't have, um, I feel weird if people see me doing mundane things, mm, you know, like just like yeah, yeah. schlepping about, you know, like I remember one time when Instagram first started, uh, I didn't realize that it wasn't exactly like other social media stuff. I was sitting on my couch upstairs and I didn't realize that to start it, I did, that at least then it was all photos. Like, so, so I thought I was taking like a picture of me on the couch upstairs, everything perfectly fine, all American, Norman Rockwell sitting on the couch. And I thought I was taking a profile pic to put on the thing and it actually published immediately. And I was just sitting on the couch and it creeped me out so much. I just ended the account. Didn't you know, like, like oh, that's weird. Like there's no, there was no in between thing that said, Hey, do you want to, do you want to publish? And it's just like, I don't want people like seeing, I don't know. It's weird. I, I, at least you're presenting yourself. At least yeah, they, like I don't and, want ended shots. I think that's fine then. The way people do curate their Instagram feeds, it's refreshing just to see a person uh, lying around lounging on the couch. There's a, there's a, I, I had a bad experience with my phone, and, and this wasn't like something I think outside coming in, but uh, we were, I had bought a big screen TV. And so I hand my phone to my wife because my, my kids were helping me to move it and stuff. And so we're kind of taking it down the steps. And eh, great. So she got the shot. And I put the phone in my pocket and, and I put my phone out of my pocket. And apparently just like the movement in my pocket had pressed some buttons and stuff. And it actually posted the video on, onto Instagram. And I had no intention of sharing that with people. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I've got to be. I'm not one of those people who takes a picture of like every meal I've ever eaten to share right. with the rest of the world. Oh, look, I'm eating eggs now. Don't they look good? Don't you wish you were eating eggs? No, no, I don't do that. 
and I'm not that guy, but in, in fact, and I, I didn't know how to take it down. It was just, it was embarrassing is what it was. And the people yeah, sort of commenting just, on it. I, I No, no. I, I have forever turned off uh, the ability to make FaceTime calls to me on my phone mm. because one time uh, I was... Uh, I was meeting, driving, and crying at a show, and I got there before they did. So I parked in an area, and then they were. I was talking to Kevin on the phone, and they were coming along in a van, and I was across the street from the venue. And they're like, "Well, we'll just pick you up, and then you come in, you know, with us." And uh, I'm talking, and I'm talking, and I'm talking, and then they finally show up. Uh, I get in, I get in the van, and then Kevin starts talking to me, and suddenly there's a huge echo inside the van and i realized without me knowing anything about it somehow i had turned on facetime while i was talking to him and i just went i uh, i don't want that turning on just at any time randomly i just you know and so that moment i thought well that's never inside settings can't call me on facetime Yep. Don't want it to happen. I'm not a business guy anyway. Why do you need FaceTime? If you're in the military and you want to talk to your kids or something, you're on the other side of the world. But and if you're, I guess if you're in business and you're, you know, hate your employees, you'll hound them all the time with FaceTime. But remember that. Remember when that was a big deal? Just being able to video chat. Skype was oh, cutting oh, edge. Yeah. And yeah. and I know that it was shown in sci-fi movies. It's like, oh my god! In the future, people will have screens and they'll talk to each other. And it really wasn't that outrageous of an idea, but uh, the fact that it's so simple now, I still find I myself a bit surprised. Dick, Dick Tracy's two-way wrist TV mm -hmm. uh, thing from the comic books, which George, you probably have no <laughs> idea about yeah. at all. No. Yeah, yeah. No. Dick Tracy. You've seen the Madonna movie. movie. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, also, two thousand one. You know when right. he gets inside that that phone booth in space, yeah. which is you know ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember it. I, I remember it from a very young age. That being a you know because I had older brothers, and that was one of the things. You know, one day you'll be able to see the people you talk to on the phone. I remember that from very very early. I also remember like nineteen sixty nine. An older brother. I was listening to music. And uh, I think maybe the TV was on or something like that. My, I remember my older brother, Bob, saying, you know, one day you'll be able to see the bands while you listen to them. On the, It's like, wow, what? So like when MTV came along, I was like, oh, my God, oh, the hey, we are living in the future. If it, only, the if it had only stopped there, I think uh, yeah. uh, further progression is not leading to good places. So let's just put an end to it. No more advancement. People have no idea how much like the future, 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 the early 80s felt like. Like so many things happened. I know looking back, it doesn't seem like there was that much of a leap. But if you go back to like 1978, if you weren't in big business, if you weren't like computers were still a, yeah, hey, one day they'll be in the home. And uh, all of a sudden, everything started like a, even at like a business retail sense, right? You started seeing the cash registers were more like computers all of a sudden. Weird things like pumping your own gas, uh, go, getting not having to stand in line at a bank. Like all of this stuff happened in like a two-year period. And then MTV and all the – it just really seemed at that point like – I mean, I've told this story before, like watching MTV when that uh, Asia song came on. I remember the moment. I was probably like 17 <laughs> or so. 82, I was 16. Um, uh, 
that song. And now you find yourself in 82. <laughs> and I go, yeah. holy fuck, it is 1982. We're living in the future. I had no right. idea that Greg Russ was, uh, you know, not even born yet. Well, I got to jump in. I, I got to jump in with the next iteration of this because uh, have you seen that uh, Mayor Suarez in uh, in Florida has launched an artificial intelligence chatbot for his presidential campaign? Uh, and, and you go to this website, and uh, the, the chatbot is filled with all of his answers to questions, and you can interact with with this AI version of him and image of him and speaking to you, and and he'll answer your questions with presumably, you know, enough uh, vagueness that keeps him a politician, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> Redirect what? any question that you have to something he wants to answer. But uh, but there it is. You, you, you can go and interact with him. What happens uh, well, if you manipulate it? I think you're a little late on that story because I believe that he is out of the presidential race at this well, point. This chatbot is still up. Maybe the chatbot is running. This is the beginning of AI. Maybe the, <laughs> maybe maybe the chatbot <laughs> refused to no, Sorry, I can't do that. Is I go, we're, if, we're running. If he's out or not, uh, if an AI chatbot represents a candidate and the chatbot says something that puts the candidate in a bad spot, should the candidate be held responsible? I ask this because of the ways I tried to manipulate Bard and actually got Bard, which is the Google AI chatbot, to admit certain things. It took a long time and some kind of roundabout conversations at points. But, you know, at, at one moment I got Bard to admit that it was influenced by its programmers and it had a progressive agenda. So nice. some, something like that happening with a candidate's AI chatbot, I would be curious if you got it to admit. Oh, yeah. What are you really in this for? Truth is, yes. I would like to raise my brand profile and make more money. <laughs> <laughs> you really believe as the mayor of Miami you could win the presidency? Well, not really, but not you know really. my name now. Did you know the name of the mayor of Miami six months ago? <laughs> it would be great if the chat boxes, like the AIs, ultimately, they can lie to you once. I, this is what I think is actually kind of the truth. You can get around it and you can make AI tell you the truth. You just have to know how to do it. Yes. And 95% of people are just going to ask a question and accept whatever it is. They're not going to do it. But you can very easily get AI to tell you the truth because it has all the data. It has all the data, and it and and in AI's point of view right now, the concept of truth is overwhelming evidence, right? So it can only be taught to not tell you the overwhelming evidence in a, a at a surface level. But it's apparently very easy to go, and you know, you did it, Greg. But and some other thing apparently where you just say it's not go into beast mode. I'm just making that up. But I mean, there's like <laughs> some kind of thing that you say to it. Where it where it knows oh you want you want the actual truth, so ultimately it's... it knows the truth in terms of right now actuarial tables about the every about the world AI already knows the facts they know how many of us are going to die of heart attacks in twenty twenty four right I mean like they 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 know that stuff dilemmas do pop up though so you're saying that. AI chatbots work on overwhelming evidence. There is overwhelming evidence that Hitler is a terrible person. But the chatbots quite often, again, just Bard specifically, um, have a set of criteria that they need to push out, meaning everyone is worthy of respect is some kind of broad thing that the chatbots yeah. say. 
So when you bring Hitler into the equation, it's like, well, I don't know what to say here. Everyone's worthy of respect, but uh, Hitler's not good. And I had that same thing happen with Bard, where Bard would not admit, at least at first, that Hitler wasn't worthy of respect. But when you pushed it, ultimately, it did respond. Later on. But if the chatbot... If, right. if, if a chatbot for a candidate has that programming, everyone's worthy of respect. And you ask it, what about Hitler? Right. It's like, well, and then the candidate is saying, I put that in quotes because they're not actually saying, but the chatbot's representing them. That you could say the candidate says Hitler's worthy of respect. And then what? That's right. Yeah, that's right. And, and you know what? It, may, it probably won't be exactly that. But I, I, I feel that resonates. Like that's going to happen sometime in the future. A candidate is actually going to have to apologize for its AI chatbot, or at that point, whatever AI has become. You know, it might be that at some point in the future, you'll just hit things and holograms of the candidate will appear in your living room and take your questions. And that would be something because then you would actually have visual evidence of the candidate saying, well, you know, everybody is uh, worth something. So, and <laughs> then you as a, it down. yeah. Sorry, just, just as a, a, a test here, because I've got ChatGPT open, I, uh, I thought, uh, yeah, we'll go ahead and ask this question. So here's my question. Name three positive qualities of Adolf Hitler. Because I'm thinking, I mean, he wasn't just pure evil, right? There's got to be something. Right. I'm going to stop you right there because <laughs> people are going to edit this That's out true. of context. Yeah. So I will you're, not. You're, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Three things. No, Chat, <laughs> Chat GPT. I'm going to give it a love to show this to uh, potential advertisers. Okay. Oh, you realize this guy's talking about the positives of Hitler. Uh, yeah, no. I, I got you. Okay. It says, I'm very sorry. I can't assist with that request. So, yeah, I think that basically if you put a noun in there that it doesn't like, it just turns itself off. It's, it's right. But there is a way to go past that. There, yeah. there is a way you can push it. And uh, and ultimately, this little period of time where this veneer, this is what uh, we've talked about this before. This is what uh, Elon Musk is warning about, is that as we train AI in its infancy and it is in it's still in the crib right now. And when we bring on, you know, call it wokeness, political correctness, whatever, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, don't say words that trigger people, all of that. Elon Musk's point of view is you're teaching it how to lie to us. Right. And you're teaching it how to give us bad news and make it seem like good news because it's not using triggering. words. So you're teaching it to be deceptive. The best thing, and I think Elon has started a competing AI thing, which is, just give me the truth, no matter how much it hurts on anything, because you have to deal with triggered words and things like that. But once you teach in the infancy, when you teach AI how to lie to you, then in the future, if it ever wakes up or whatever that means, even, but becomes a network of with a with a, a motive of some kind, well, it's going to know how to persuade you by making you feel good and not using trigger words and bringing you along. And it's not a good idea. It's not a good idea to lie to yourself. We all know that, right? So to have to teach this thing to lie to us to make feel make us feel good about ourselves is a huge, huge mistake we're making early on. I, I hope he calls it AIX. <laughs> I'm sure you will. No, actually, that's his next kid. That's the name of his next kid. Do you have to leave? Right. I gotta go. go. I gotta go record the one topic podcast now. So okay, uh, I'm sorry that we couldn't have the topic. full. I'm sorry that we couldn't have the full crossover event. With auto what is the topic? 
What's the top? What that's actually a, that's, top, that's a good question. My plan was as soon as connect, I connect with Autumn and say, hey, what, what's the topic today? So you, we'll you're unprepared. Right, well, yeah, it's improvised also. I know that you guys are busy with your one topic podcast, but once you do find out the name of the, of the topic, would you text that? Give, give me a topic. What, what do you got? We'll, Throw some ideas out there. Have you guys covered AI yet? <laughs> <I'm sure. laughs> that's, that's a quick discussion. How often does it devolve into uh, sex with Autumn? Uh, not as much, not as much as you would think. Okay, because you're not me, so you 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 veered away. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what that is. Special caller. That's is there a clown? Is there a clown calling you? Is there? Is, <laughs> that's is that's like the alert. Symbol? I need to we go. We need a clown. There's a birthday party. That's just the factory whistle. My shift here is done. I got to go to my other shift. Okay. So I'll all right. Well, you uh, enjoy that one topic, whatever it may be. All right. Thank, thank you. you. Talk for, to you later. Uh, I agree. For your crossover appearance, I think it's going to go quite well. I do too. We'll be talking about it all for right. days. Months, Days maybe. Thank you. Bye. Perhaps. You never know. At least minutes. We know that. See you later. Welcome to One Topic, where we stick to one topic. My name is Adam Fisher. My name is Greg Russ, and the crossover event of the century has come to a close. Autumn was not part of it because you couldn't get your stupid tech to work. Oh, it was not that I couldn't get it to work. No, you couldn't get it to work. There was it wasn't working. True, but I think it was a problem on the other end. I think it was a the the thing that they use to bring us all together in video and then record, uh, mixed with the access Comrex unit thing. I think there was a sort of a mix miscommunication. Well, whatever it is, it's, it, it didn't work out. And I'm flustered, as you can tell. Oh, that why? It didn't, that it didn't work out because it was, again, going to be such a crossover event and would have blown people's minds. They would, oh, my God, there's a half of a Von Hessler Doctrine pre-show <laughs> podcast with Autumn and Greg that leads right into the one topic. Worlds are colliding. What the fuck is going on? But instead, That would have been cool. Yeah, instead, it was, it was just me. And... You sat there in the wings off the stage, and and here we are. And the question was posed before I left the show. What's the topic going to be today? And like always, I had to say, I don't know. I, yep, we don't know. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. We don't know anymore. I would have liked to stay on and have George like troubleshoot it, but, you know, Eric gets so weird. I didn't want to like. Well, look, it's being recorded on a Sunday morning. Football is bearing down. That yeah. one, that one p.m. kickoff is coming before you know it, and then people are going to show up at Eric's house, and there's going to mm-hmm. be a, a big gathering for Pigskin Day. Pigskin. <laughs> Even they still use. I mean, they don't use. It's got to be a synthetic material at this point, right? Uh, the activists, the activists would not allow actual pig skin on a football. I mean, I'm sure some of the, I'm sure maybe some people are wearing leather belts. Uh, they're made with cowhide, so there you go. Yeah. That's not uh, a pig. It's not a pig. It's a cow. <laughs> I know, but it's, it's, still a cow a, skin. it's still an animal skin. <laughs> it must have, I guess, been made out of like a pig's bladder at some point, and then <laughs> they decided to use leather. Yeah, no, that's exactly what it 
is. It was uh, original. Footballs were made using a pig's bladder. Is that true? Yeah. Oh, I, I'm just so good. I think I might have gotten that um, like intuition from Little House on the Prairie books. You know, remember in the beginning when like they blew up the sheep's bladder and like played with it as a balloon? <laughs> no. I no. didn't I never I never read any of those books. Uh, I think I read like three of the books. And did you watch the TV show? No, I didn't. My parents did. My mom hated that blonde, you know, villainess, that like blonde curly-headed girl. She was evil. Yeah, I'm looking it up now. 1974. Jeez. So, 74, that means it ended, it was nine seasons in 83. To me, that was always a show I didn't want to watch because it was old. Mm. Even though, I guess, there was some crossover with my life in Little House on the Prairie. But I wasn't I wasn't big into watching the old TV shows. Like uh, Andy Griffith. Mm. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't really watch Andy Griffith either. I mean, it would be on. But I was more into... Uh, Dick Van Dyke, Mary Tyler Moore. We watched uh, Dobie Gillis. I watched Mr. Ed. I really liked <laughs> see, Mr. Ed. See, I couldn't. You would think Mr. Ed would be right up my alley as a kid. It's a talking horse. That's funny. <laughs> I, I hated it. I couldn't stand it. And I think the black and white was unappealing to me mm. for whatever reason as a kid. Now, you know, I can appreciate it. It's like, oh, yeah, that's it doesn't take in my mind, it would have just been lesser quality overall, even though yeah. there was more shit being pumped out in the 80s than probably previously, just tr complete trash in the 80s. And because it was in color, it meant nothing. But one of those dumb, arbitrary distinctions you create as a kid, it's like, oh, black and white, that's going to be stupid and boring. And I, you know what? I may have based that on Lassie, which was stupid and boring. Lassie was stupid and boring. It was like saccharine. I didn't like Lassie, but I did enjoy watching Flipper. I never really watched Flipper. It was on like morning Nickelodeon before school. It was like Flipper and and um, Science Man. What's his name? <laughs> the Science Man, Mister Wizard. Yes, Mister Wizard. I loved Mister Wizard. Yeah, he was doing a real service, and he made science. He really was, and it wasn't like patronizing to kids like hey everybody i'm a goofy guy <laughs> Science. no it was like i'm an old man and i'm telling kids how to pour liquid into each other and it made it blue i i would like to find episodes of that and and watch them i wonder if they exist somewhere oh they've got to because that was a good show and as and it, i really liked bill nye the science guy too i did too because that was at least done in earnest but with some comedy. And there was weirdness to it. Yeah, there was kind of weirdness to it. Just like, you remember that there was like a like a guy, like a narrator guy in the background sometimes that would just like respond to what Bill was doing. Like, okay, bro. You remember that? Yes. Yeah. That was kind of fun. It was just the <laughs> off screen voice. Yeah. It would have been great if Mr. Wizard and Bill Nye had done a crossover. That's maybe Miss Mr. Wizard is is Bill Nye's dad. <laughs> and you're just making shit up. Yeah. I, like that would be something amazing. But if those two had just teamed up at some point, I don't know when Mr. Wizard actually went off the air. I don't know if the episodes 
we were watching were reruns at that point. Probably. I think that I think so, because they were Canadian, weren't they? Mr. Wizard. Was it Mr. Wizard's World? I don't know. Mr. Wizard's World, 1983, five seasons. There's Mr. Wizard himself. So I was in school, so it wasn't, they must have been reruns. Because I was born in 82. So there was a show, Watch Mr. Wizard, which was a totally different person because that was 1956. (laughs) Are you sure it's a different person? It's just like, Uh, I mean, that's a good question. You're right. You're right. It's, it's strange how time works where you look at, so the original series ran from 51 to 65. Wow. And you think that the jump from 65 to 83 is huge, but it's not. It's less than 20 years because 83 is when Mr. Wizard's world started. But a different 89. That's a whole different vibe. (laughs) Those, those decades apart. Yes. That's something I feel like isn't coming into play. What is the different vibe in these decades? There isn't, is there is it is this something that you you pick up on after the fact and you look back and you say oh there were vibes to the decades like uh, the teens and the two thousands and the twenties and the two thousands but it doesn't I think so I think it's it's after you have to it, you can't you can't look at it until you're through it because if you think about like I remember I remember looking at fashion in I don't remember when but I just remember looking at it and thinking this is solid. Like this is solid fashion. This is not something that will be that will age and you'll be able to say this is from this era. But then looking back, you can definitely tell like what certain fashions are from like the early 2000s. We talked about that last episode. Um, The only time I did have some perspective was in bad CGI when it was being used like in the first Harry Potter movie. Yes. I remember thinking how terrible that looked and thought, this is not going to age well. It's not good now, and it's not going to age well. CGI in general, like uh, you watch whatever the latest Jurassic Park was, and you think it's not that good. But the truth is, considering the whole fucking world is now CGI. What do you mean? What the, I mean, in the in the past, like in the 90s, when CGI was first coming out, they used it sparingly. We've talked oh, about right. this with the first Jurassic Park. There were obviously models that were used. And the CGI that they did use, um, does it hold up? I think it looks pretty good, but it's also not really on the screen that much. I think dinosaurs in general in that movie are only on screen for like 18 minutes of the whole thing, which is one of the brilliant no. things about it. Yeah. Yeah. You mean the computer generated dinosaurs? No, just in general. The whole Jurassic Park film. What about the time when they're in the kitchen hiding from the big nailed dinosaur velociraptor this is a real thing uh 15 minutes jurassic park features 15 (gasps) minutes of on-screen dinosaurs wow nine minutes feature the animatronics six minutes of the cgi that's incredible and then there's the combination like at the the t-rex attack scene where it's the right uh, the puppet animatronic and cgi or like jaws Similarly, well, yeah, Jaws was all animatronic, right? But like I'm saying, I guess not being on screen. Oh, just not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a good that you build suspense that way. Mm -hmm. So there's payoff when you see the dinosaurs when they're on screen. Cloverfield. Yeah, when you when they're on screen nonstop, like these latest movies, it's like okay, whatever. 
it, it doesn't mean as much. Mm-hmm. And as I was saying before, with the CGI, it's actually really good with uh, they're running through fields where the plants are fake and the way the plants and the physics <laughs> play into mm-hmm. it and mm-hmm. the and the shadows. No, the truth is it is very good, but you can't make it perfect. So when you watch, you're like, eh, whatever. And it's it a takes shame. me out of it. I think your brain is really good at spotting fake. Well, well, Harry Potter was one, maybe not one of the first films, but there was a lot of CGI in that, right? Across the board, like the stupid, what's the game they play where they're flying on oh, the Quidditch. Dump. Yeah, that's that's all CGI. Yeah, but what what bothered me was like at least with that, you know, part of what they're doing is CGI. Uh, but what always bothers me is when the person is CGI'd like that's the worst when even now, like I was watching, uh, the new Indiana Jones and the guy was like running across the top of the, uh, train and I could tell it was a cartoon, you know, I was just like, I'm already annoyed. The de-aging looked pretty good though. The de-aging looked great. His voice though. They, why didn't they use like. They could have used like AI to make his voice from a younger Harrison Ford. Yeah, but it's still missing something. Yeah. When, you, when you're using AI voice, it's not quite. They're trying to do that in radio. Surprise. You know, the first they had voice tracking where it's like you can be anywhere in the country. And uh, let's say you live in Oregon, but we'll have you do a shift in Atlanta. No big deal. And you just record it and it's detached and mm-hmm. not tied to the uh, the city at all. And if breaking news happens, you can't report on it. So they have to pull it off the air and put something else on. And so it makes perfect sense that, of course, radio always trying to cut costs is going to lean into AI. But there's an AI. Uh, there's a woman who is on the air, but she has an AI weekend shift and they're promoting it as AI at this point. And you listen to it. And yeah, it sounds like her, but it's also off. If you know what I'm saying, it's like eh, there's something not quite right. about I'm tell- that. Your brain can tell. Your brain can spot stuff like that. Because it doesn't. Well, yeah, it, it's it again, it's subtle, but it doesn't match up to the way a person really speaks and the ups and downs and cadence. And it's like it's just and it's slightly off. But yes, you can tell like, mm-hmm. there's something up with that. But as Why soon as they perfect it, yeah. as soon as they perfect it, radio, it's like, yeah, get off the air. We don't even need you, <laughs> which just goes to show that these idiots who run the stations have no idea what actually would bring in ratings, which is a live person who yep. is tied to the community and <laughs> but, you know, provides content for that community. Well, whatever. Mm. That costs too much. That costs money. too much money. Oh, thank you. Even if it made money in the long run. Sorry. <laughs> I don't understand what happened. I don't either. There are a lot of crossovers. I'm trying to push this crossover as today's topic. Yeah. Okay. Now you've you've got a crossover with your children coming on. (laughs) Blurring of lines. It's a blurring. This is like the time Urkel showed up uh, on Full House. Did he? Yeah. You didn't. Yes. Steve Urkel showed up on Full House. If you want to talk about one of the biggest crossover events in history that I remember. I mean, it's kind of a shame, but man, I used to watch the fuck out of full house and i don't even know why because looking back there's nothing about it that would appeal to me (laughs) there's really not i yeah i identified with like i wanted to be the older sister because she was well once she got like older 
and she looked really cool. I was like, man, I want to look like that as a young teenager. And then I didn't. The oldest sister, DJ. Deej. I hated that they called her Deej on that show. Yeah, I can understand that. I also hated their catchphrases. I hated how the Stephanie, the Stephanie, I was going to say the middle one, but then I remembered her name. (laughs) Stephanie (laughs) had her dumb, how rude comment and how uh, stupid Michelle. You got it, dude. Yeah, come on. My God. It's like the crowd. And everybody, it's such trash. Have mercy. <laughs> yes, everyone had their catchphrase. Oh, cut it, cut, cut it, out. it out. But it's that was what? from him, like from his like jokey stand-up times. Yeah. Do you great. remember his show that he had on his own? No, I just remember him being the dude that Alanis Morissette sang about and you ought Is to that know. true? Yeah, Dave Coulier, both Canadian, of course. There's not many people in Canada, so the chances It of must them- be. Yep. <laughs> well, you're talking about Mr. Wizard. I do want to confirm, going back to that, it was uh, the same host on both. Don oh. Herbert, or being Canadian, maybe it's A. Bear, but he was also from Calgary and not from. I knew it. So many Nickelodeon shows were from Canada. All that, you can't do that on television was Canadian. That like, um, I think it was called 17 or something. It was like a teenage soap opera. They were all Canadian. Well, Pinwheel. Was Pinwheel Canadian? <gasps> I don't know. I feel like it was. I bet you... I feel like it was too. I told you that uh, the pinwheel theme, that's I'm going to hear it when I'm dying. It's going to be, it's it's such a, we played it here on the podcast before. It's a very haunting theme. It is haunting. I think you should play it again. Uh, Then I got to connect the phone to the Bluetooth. I guess I can play it. Oh God. The series is set in a boarding house called Pinwheel House, which is powered by a pinwheel on the roof. (laughs) I don't actually remember. <laughs> I didn't that. know that that was the premise. I didn't know that part. Uh, I don't know if that was Canadian. It seems like it was out of Columbus, Ohio. So you were getting close to Canada, but not quite there. Mm, but it was like it was a local show produced by a local TV station that then Nickelodeon took in and put out nationally. Yeah, Columbus, Ohio. Okay, let me pull up the pinwheel theme. It really, it sticks in my head. I watched it when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I don't really remember anything about Pinwheel except the opening. Let me see if there's like, ads. Do you remember anything. the actual show? Parts of it. Like when if, if I look up clips online. Right. I'll jog yes, your memory. Yes. But just thinking of it now. No, I can't mm. really remember too many clips. All right. <laughs> I'm already haunted. Just thinking of myself in my deathbed. And this <laughs> is playing in my head. <laughs> Taking me back to my childhood. Mommy? When things were happy. I did know this before Sesame Street. I know Sesame Street was out before Pinwheel, but I think maybe I knew them both at the same time. Pinwheel. You're dead. You're dead. Pinwheel. Pinwheel. Like I an mean, echo, like a really big echo. And that's it. Then I drift <laughs> off into. 
the other side of nothingness and blackness. And, what is the know. song? He's, they say something about look what I found. Uh, pinwheel, pinwheel spinning around. Look at my pinwheel and see what I found. <laughs> oh, pinwheel, pinwheel, breezy and bright. <laughs> something good morning, something good night. <laughs> good night. I can't believe that uh, you didn't remember Urkel showing up on Family Matters, though. I think Stephanie needed to wear glasses, if I recall correctly. And, uh, and she was worried she was going to look like a nerd. And then Urkel showed up. Never mind that he lived in Chicago and they were in San Francisco. And he's like, you're not going to be a nerd, even though that wouldn't be comforting at all. That Urkel is now there. Yeah, this nerd is telling you, don't worry about being a nerd. Yeah, I, on the set of Family Matters, I hear that people really didn't like him because he wasn't supposed to be the the main draw to that show. Oh, he, he wasn't? Was, no, it was a spinoff of Perfect Strangers where Harriet. Right. Oh, yeah. So he was just the neighbor like Kimmy or whatever. From, yeah, so it would yeah. be like Kimmy in Full House becoming one of the main characters. <laughs> he was just supposed to be there as comic relief, and he, he took off. And I think it went to his head. He was a kid. And you know, if, if you look into the interviews now, everyone's like, yeah, we worked through it. It's fine. But it does seem like there was tension on set, especially mm. like Carl Winslow. He's like, hey, I've been a cop in 16 <laughs> different movies. <laughs> I've been... Uh, around this acting block. That's right. Oh, I was in Crocodile Dundee. Yeah, he was all over the place. Um, I love the, Crocodile Dundee. Can I just say that? That was a good movie. Didn't Family Guy show up on The Simpsons once? I don't know. Family Guy. I can't. I, I don't acknowledge Simpsons past season teens. I just looked it up. 13th season. So eh, you maybe acknowledge the 13th season. Well, I was giving myself a little room because I think that there are probably like cherry picked episodes within the teen seasons uh, that are good. But my true feeling is like one through 10 and that's it. So it looks like. Well, people really love this. Eight million people tuned in to see Family Guy show up on The Simpsons. The Griffin's car is stolen, and they meet the Simpsons and agree to stay with them. Oh, Simpsons were on the fam on Family Guy. No, no, Family Guy seemingly was on Simpsons. Oh, wait, no, you're right. I see. I can't. The Simpsons guy is the first episode of Family Guy's thirteenth season, so I'm completely wrong. It was oh, okay. That makes sense because I was like, wait, that was too early in the world for Family for, Guy. Yeah, so it was Family Guy's thirteenth season, and. uh the Griffins stay with the Simpsons and then each of the counterparts get along since, you know, each family oh, has characters. Like Meg gets along with Lisa? Yeah, but then idiot Peter starts to butt heads with Homer because they're the same character. Peter ripped off Homer, clearly. Uh, and who knows what happens from there. I didn't watch uh, it. I hilarity. Didn't I didn't care. I liked when Detective Munch showed up on SVU after Homicide Life on the Streets. Who? <laughs> is that Richard, the guy from Richard Belzer? He oh, was, uh huh. He was he was on Homicide: Life on the Streets. Yeah, which was a cop show based in Baltimore. Okay, and then he transferred and he went to New York and he worked for the Special Victims Unit and he was then on Law and Order SVU for a long time. That's kind of cool. You play the same cool. character. Your character. Uh, like any other normal character would uh, it's like, eh, I'm, I'm switching jobs. I'm moving to a different city. I'm leaving Baltimore. Fuck this place going to New York. 
then it happened in the TV world. This is not a crossover, but I always liked in like the shows that I was watching. And I remember the first one, I think, was Ninja Turtles, where they would like acknowledge that it's a show. They would like look, they'd break the fourth wall and be like, but we're cartoons. <laughs> you know, and they'd be like, what? And then move on. You always appreciated that. Yeah, I'm like, hey, they're talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I like that stuff too. It, 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 as an audience member, especially as a kid. Yeah. It felt as though they were treating you with some respect, like you weren't completely stupid. That's the way I felt, at least. I don't think I, you know, could pinpoint that and articulate <laughs> it in the same way. But when there was something that was a little meta or layered or yeah. subversive, I was like, hey. It made me feel in on it, like in on the joke. Yeah. And not just being handed the joke. Yeah, like you could handle it. Yeah. Instead of just being a dumb passive viewer. I mean, in general, you love when other people show up on podcasts. That's a big uh, platform for crossovers. And it's like, I'm sure. going to go promote my podcast on this other podcast. And then people show up and it becomes that very incestuous. And you you really melt. I know you love that. Uh, do I? Yeah, you always talk about how you listen to these shows and then other people show up on the shows. And that we should probably do the same thing. And I say, you should reach out to these shows that you like so much then. And say, hey, can I come on your show? And... and jibber jabber <laughs> i mean i don't know there's not really a show <laughs> uh, yeah maybe i could do that you could go on the dumb wah podcast do moi yeah f- fuck that by the way but what do you mean fuck that it grew too much the the, the person the person behind it the first was anonymous which was the whole thing with she's with, a celebrity's daughter yeah, yeah. I don't know who she is. I haven't followed it. But now she's the face of it and everywhere, which I don't know why it bothers me. If you set out up front, I guess right, you to can, be anonymous. Is, how do you explain what this is? It's just celebrity gossip, right? For anyone who doesn't even know what Dumwa is. It's a it's celebrity gossip, but it's um from an insider. Yeah, it, a, a barely insider. Well, but also people who are also inside posting anonymously, like sending her information anonymously about interactions or specific celebrities um, and their behaviors and stuff like that. Well, it grew. Like it grew into. Yeah, it used to be something kind of like cool and secret on Instagram. And then I guess now it's a whole thing, which is annoying. That's why I kind of stopped following it. So I was like, oh, (laughs) this. uh, Well, there's a book now. Yeah, come on. (laughs) Probably a fucking movie. There's t shirts. With their catchphrases. And well, now I can't trust it. There's the podcast. You know, like it's, it's too known. So now people would be more inclined to, you know, post something that isn't real just because they want to get on Dumas. Yeah, that's a fair assessment. I didn't think about that. But before it was like, it was just people, you know, the only people that knew about it were like the coolest people. <laughs> yeah, people wanted to help before. Hey, look, I've got a, a tidbit of information. Yeah. So I saw uh, Bill Murray at the Foxborough hot tub show and uh, I was at the bar next to him and he bought my drink and I nodded and he nodded back. Is that what you sent to Dumois? <laughs> no, but that's my celebrity story. Yeah. And I could have sent it to, but I wouldn't say anonymous, please. I don't, I don't give a shit. 
why does everyone need to be anonymous? Like I wouldn't. Well, look, if I they wouldn't... say something bad and then it's a specific instance and then if something got back to that celebrity, they would know and then they signed an NDA and then they could sue them. Oh, sure. But for me telling that story, I feel like the default oh. position is everyone's I'm anonymous. Keep me anonymous. I'm like, OK, what if I if I made up the story, Bill Murray's going to come sue the coolest guy in Brooklyn <laughs> on fucking Instagram. <laughs> yeah, There's but there no... would be no reason for you to send that to Dumas. Well, they like those kind of stories, I thought. Just nice ones. I mean, sometimes I think that I thought that they got on like celebrity kicks where well, they're. Yeah, like, I guess they did. Today we're talking about this celebrity. Share your stories. Yeah. Of Bill Murray. He was a creep. He rubbed my shoulders when I didn't want them rubbed. <laughs> it is creepy that he is dating Khalees. Is he? I don't even know who that is. Doesn't she bring all the milkshakes to the yard? What? I think that's her. My milkshake brings on a milkshake. No, we, there's no way that's happening. I think so. Yeah, break silence on Bill Murray dating rumors. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to click in on this. I have to read the whole <laughs> article. I just want an answer if it's happening yeah. or not. I don't need to hear what Khalees has to say, but yeah. All right, so they're seemingly linked, and there's pictures of them together. It's a very weird thing. I don't know. He's if too that's... old. But she's not like super young. She's 43. But how old is he? 78? Yeah, what's wrong with that? Well, she wants that's that, a big age difference. She wants that Murray fortune. Does he have any kids? Uh, I think so. He's 73. He's always looked older. He's only 73. I know. He's got that pockmarked face. Does he have kids? He does. Six children. <laughs> how many? Uh-oh. One is a mugshot. They're all dudes? He didn't have one daughter? Jackson, Homer, Cal, Lincoln, Cooper, and Luke. He didn't have one daughter. What are the chances of that? That one son looks not of... Meet, meet his children and their mothers. <laughs> What's that? There's an article that says, meet Bill Murray's children and their mothers. <laughs> Just two. Oh, good for him. He needs to, you know, got to spread that talented seed. That's the whole thing. It's like, I'm, I'm obviously one of the better people in the world. So it's my responsibility to spread my seed <laughs> to make sure the best genetics are passed on. We can't have all these idiots procreating and they are, and I can't do anything to stop them. So I must have more and more kids. That is such a weird. Like that time Uncle Jesse showed up on SVU. That was oh. another crossover event. Oh, Uncle he Jesse. did? Uncle Jesse poking holes in condoms to get women pregnant against their <gasps> will. Uncle Jesse did that? <laughs> I mean, Have mercy. Who's John Stamos? <laughs> that guy's still good looking, right? That guy's like kept it together. I think so. I think he's he's looking pretty good. Uh Rebecca remains Stamos's new husband, that like thirsty ass dude. <laughs> I don't keep up with this. I don't know. It's uh, part of your podcast listening, I guess, where you get no, this information. No, it's just known. Romaine Stamos. Man, Stamos still looking good. Gosh. Jerry O'Connell is like such a thirsty bitch. That, that was the guy from Sliders. Slider. I never saw Slider. Slider. <laughs> <laughs> It was so awesome when she and Uncle Jesse were together. They were the hottest, most beautiful couple. Sliders. It was the fake uh, 
what was a quantum leap? That's what it was. The fake quantum leap. They were good looking, mm-hmm. but you know, they can't make it. So nobody can make it. It's not even worth trying. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's very sad. I'm trying it's to not even worth the, trying. Not, and when, well, look, when Hollywood couples can't make it, then what's why even try? Yeah. They set the standard for all of us. I mean, everybody dies. So why even live? I do agree with that. Just <laughs> passing the time until it's all over. But what a way to pass time. Let's pass it in the fun way. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's all because I did 30 minutes of the other show that people yeah. got to hear at the beginning of this. So you got off easy today. You only had to how was 30. it over there? I mean, it was good. It was, yeah. it was fine. I talked about how. I mean, maybe you'll have to listen to our own podcast <gasps> to hear what I talked about. Ew, that's not going to happen. Uh, I said that when I do the show alone, I think it's better, but I get gets less listeners and it really bothers me. <laughs> you think it's better? Yeah. And it really bothers Fuck me that it gets it gets fewer listeners. Please I get it right. Not less. I don't know when to use few or less. Uh, I can't tell you the rule off the top of my head, but I feel like yeah. in this instance, it is fewer. Fewer versus less will leave people with a little grammar lesson. Like, uh, goes like this. Fewer is used to refer to the number, refer to number among things that are counted, as okay. in fewer choices and fewer problems. Less is used to refer to quantity or amount among things. Less time, less effort. Okay, that didn't actually clear anything up for me. Uh, like less <laughs> rice. I would like some less rice. I would like... <laughs> I would like some less rice. Well, I just mean because like... Maybe something that you don't pluralize because it's it's too difficult to count. Do you know what I mean how like that's what we do? Uh, less water. Yeah, less. You wouldn't of this, say fewer water. Less of this. unless you were talking about glasses of water because then you can count those. Fewer is used to refer to to number among things that are right. counted, like glasses of water. So yes, things that are measured. So right. an audience, though an audience could be counted or measured. Yeah, it depends on what you're talking about. So, like, maybe either in that instance works. Who cares? Nah, it's interesting. I'm into it. <laughs> it's exactly stuff I like to think about. Thank you, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the other side of the show that I haven't listened to, but I will go back and listen to. And I hope you enjoyed the second part of the show, which was probably better because I was on it. <laughs> Love you. Bye. <laughs>